Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well. We are fine. And uh, we have another day to breathe, to believe, to trust God, and to honor Him for all that He is, all that He has done, and what He is doing now. He's allowing a great, great deluge of evil to come upon us without and within uh, within inside the church and outside, and we just need to trust him, beloved. Just as a child doesn't understand all the movements and decisions of its parents, we are children of God, and we need to know that whatever he's doing or not doing is perfect. Um, but I think as time goes on, if you read the news, Holy Father has, um, in one diocese, given them one year uh, and after that, the Latin Mass will be completely shut down. He's uh, after one of the most magnificent um, uh, religious orders, the Institute of Christ the King, Sovereign Priest. Uh, Cardinal Supich uh, wants to shut them down in Chicago. I think the Holy Father is on a fast track to utterly destroy the Church. Um, so we need to learn our faith. And we need uh, even our president, all of that, to destroy our country, to give sovereignty to China, all of that. So we're in uh, unprecedented. There have not, in the past, we could have said, well, yeah, but there's been times like this before. The church has lived through this before. No, it has not. No, it has not. Neither has the world. These are unprecedented times. Um, and we we can't sleep. We need to um, um, uh, work while it is day. And we need to learn our faith. We need to do whatever we're going to do, whatever we wish to do for our family, if we no longer had the resources we have, electricity and supermarkets, and we had to grow our own food. We need to begin to live that way and to plan to live that way um, I believe soon. No, not alarming anybody here. All you have to do is look at the news. Um, and so, um, we will uh, continue uh, today then with Keep the Faith, beginning chapter 8, which are the commandments. And um, what are the greatest two commandments that our Lord was asked to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and this begins, what is charity? The commandments of God. What is charity? Charity is a supernatural virtue, a supernatural gift of God, by which we love God above all things and our neighbor as ourself for God's sake. If you can't love him for his sake or yours, love him for God's sake. God died for him. Love him for God's sake. Why must we love God? We must love God because he is infinitely good in himself and infinitely good 
to us. How do we show that we love God? <clears throat> and we begin with the question in the uh, sentence that has the answer, just like we do with the Baltimore Catechism. So when we ask our children, how do we show that we love God? Uh, the answer is, when we keep his commandments, that's not the answer. The answer is, we show that we love God by keeping his commandments. For Christ says, if you love me, keep my commandments. When you, when you lead your children to answer the, the question, with the question in the answer, um, they gain great understanding and simply don't give two, three-word answers, full sentences. Which are the two great precepts of charity? The two great precepts of charity are, number one, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart and with thy whole soul and with thy whole mind and with thy whole strength. Mark chapter 12. And secondly, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Mark chapter 12. Which are the several corporal works of mercy? The seven corporal works of mercy are, one, to feed the hungry. Secondly, to give drink to the thirsty. Three, to clothe the naked. I hope you're beating me to these answers. Four, to visit the imprisoned. Five, to shelter the homeless. Six, to visit the sick. Seven, to bury the dead. Which are the seven spiritual works of mercy? Those were the seven corporal works. Corporal has to do with the body. What are the seven spiritual works of mercy? The seven spiritual works of mercy are, one, to admonish the sinner. Two, to instruct the ignorant. Three, to counsel the doubtful. Four, to comfort the sorrowful. Five, to bear wrongs patiently. Six, to forgive all injuries. And seven, to pray for the living and the dead. These are um, things that your children should memorize, and you should memorize the seven corporal works of mercy, the seven spiritual works of mercy, and now next, the eight Beatitudes. The eight Beatitudes are number one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is Matthew chapter 5. Two, blessed are the meek, for they shall possess the land. Three, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Four, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after justice, for they shall have their fill. Five, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Six, blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. Seven, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And finally, number eight, blessed are they that suffer persecution for justice' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Next question. Does Jesus Christ also command us to love one another? What's the answer? Does Jesus Christ also command us to love one another? 
the answer yes? No, it is not. (laughs) The answer is Jesus Christ also commands us to love one another. That is, all persons without exception for his sake. How are we to love one another? Don't don't start saying by, by this or by that. That's not a full sentence. We are to love one another by wishing well to one another. And you know, I think how many times you ask someone a question and they answer you and you say, well, that has nothing to do with the question I asked. And if you teach your children um, the proper way to answer full sentences that includes the question, um, they will they will learn a great deal. How are we to love one another? We are to love one another by wishing well to one another and praying for one another and by never allowing ourselves any thought, word, or deed to the injury of anyone. Are we also bound to love our enemies? What's the answer? We are bound to love our enemies, yes, yes. Jesus loves our enemies. We were his enemies and he died for us. We are also bound to love our enemies, not only by forgiving them from our hearts, but also by wishing them well and praying for them. This is contrary to fallen human nature, beloved, but it is in keeping with God's love and purity and character and desire for us. So, what is the first commandment? The first commandment is, quote, I am the Lord thy God who brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Thou shalt not make to thyself a graven thing, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath nor of those things that are in the waters under the earth. Thou shalt not adore them, nor serve them. That's Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 through 5. That is the entire first commandment. I think I've mentioned before that there are three versions of the commandments. The Jewish one, which is the first one, that God gave his commandments to the uh, people of Israel through Moses, And the first commandment in the Jewish ten is, I am the Lord thy God. That's it. It's not a commandment, it's a statement. God wants his people to know that he is God alone, that he alone is God, that there's no other gods before him or after him. Then there's the Protestant um, uh, version and then the Catholic version. which is the first commandment. I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Thou shalt not make to thyself a graven thing or the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath, nor of those things that are in the waters under the earth. Thou shalt not adore them nor serve them. There's the music for our first break, beloved. Um, We'll be right back after the break. You can change the world 
You can change the world not by what you say, but by who you are and what you do. Seek then the answer. Seek personal holiness. Live the life of the cross. Follow the path of virtue and you can be a saint, a great saint. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Hey, Jim Havens here. I'm host of The Simple Truth, which airs every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. The focus of the show is authentically receiving, living, and handing on the simple truth of Jesus and his Catholic Church in a down-to-earth, no-nonsense manner. The guests are phenomenal, and each weekday has its own theme, always encouraging us to take the next step in our faith wherever we may be. It's The Simple Truth, every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. We, the people, are guaranteed five freedoms in the First Amendment. Freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. Freedom of the press. Freedom to peaceably assemble. Freedom to petition the government. Only the United States has these five freedoms so simply bound together and guaranteed. Think first. Learn more at thinkfirstamendment.org. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live and um, we are live, and we're so happy to be with you. And right at the second break, we'll take your calls, your emails, your texts, and toll-free 1-877-511-5483 with anything whatsoever that's on your heart, or you can email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We are reading in Keep the Faith, or rather not Keep the Faith, but This is the Faith by Canon Ripley, and uh, we're on the commandments this morning, and we're on the first commandment now. And the next question is, what are we commanded to do by the first commandment? And the answer is, by the first commandment, we are commanded to worship the one true and living God by faith, hope, charity, and true religion. What are the sins against faith? The sins against faith are believing in a false religion, willful doubt, disbelief or denial of any article of the faith, and also culpable ignorance of the doctrines of the church. This is very important. Sins against faith, dear ones, that is to believe in a false religion, The only religion that God has given, he gave 
to the Jewish people from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all the way up to Christ. He gave to the people of Israel that pointed to the one Redeemer who is Christ. And when that Redeemer came, Judaism of the Old Covenant was fulfilled in that Redeemer, that Messiah, who said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And Christianity, which is Catholicism, period, that's what God established, a universal Christianity, Catholicism means universal, but he set up a particular church, just as in the Old Testament, he gathered his people together and gave them specific liturgy and laws, ways of dress, ways of eating, ways of behaving, an entire sacrificial liturgical system. Um, so when he established, when our Lord established his church on the 12 apostles, all Jews, Christianity comes from Judaism. It is Judaism fulfilled in the Messiah and spread to the four corners of the earth. That's what it is. That's what it is. When, the, when Messiah came, those 12 disciples didn't think they had to convert to anything. They just recognized the Messiah. It's all that he promised for 2,000 years. Those who rejected, uh, the Jews who then rejected uh, the Messiah, this Christ, whose uh, Hebrew is Mashiach, and into English, it's, it's Messiah. And then into the Koine Greek of, the, of Christ's day, it would be um, Jesus. And then into English, it's Jesus. Uh, rather, a Christos for Christ and then Christ. So um, from, from Mashiach to Messiah to Christos to Christ. It's the same word. It means the anointed one. It is the Redeemer. And the Jewish people who came to believe he was the Messiah uh, didn't have to change their religion. They just needed to believe and follow him completely and believe that all the Old Testament sacrifices couldn't save a single soul. They were dead. But they were signs to point to the one who would come and take upon himself all the sins of the world, past, present, and future. The only propitiation, satisfactory sacrifice for God. And so did the sacrificial system end? It was fulfilled. It didn't end. It was fulfilled, as our Lord said. He was the final lamb, the final Passover lamb. And his sacrifice was once for all in time. 2,000 years ago, once for all. But the once for all is an eternal sacrifice. The scriptures say he is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God is outside of time. And so that is why when we go to Mass, the once for all sacrifice of Christ, when he said it is finished, once for all sacrifice of Christ is brought through time through the words of consecration, through the priest, down to every altar of every Catholic Church, and will be until the end of time. It is the once-for-all sacrifice. He is not re-sacrificed. He is re-presented. He is made the one 
full, complete, holy sacrifice, the only acceptable sacrifice to God, is made present on every altar of every Catholic Church through the consecration, the words of the priest. There is no other religion. Catholicism is the fulfilled Christianity, which is Catholicism. God established nothing else. They were first called Christians, the, uh, the book of Acts says, at Antioch. And I, I, I know I've explained this before, um, but maybe it'll be helpful to some. Um, when our Lord came, the Jewish people were slaves to the Romans. And they wanted the Messiah to free them and set up his kingdom. But he didn't do that. He said, you're slaves. I want you to be better slaves. Whatever you're doing, I want you to be better I want to set up the kingdom in your hearts. I want you to be saved. I want your heart to be transformed so that you could be with me in heaven. Yes, I'm coming a second time, but I'm coming the second time as a judge. I came the first time as a lamb to be slain. I will come a second time as a lion to reign, but as a judge. And all who do not believe in me in my second coming will never see heaven which means they'll see hell. And so when, we, when uh, families were slaves in, in uh, the, our Lord's Day, um, they would, uh, normally they would marry, they would have the slaves would marry and have children and their families would grow up together. They would be slaves. They would be servants of the, of the Romans. But their families would grow up, their children would play together. And at the Jubilee, when... Uh, the slaves were to be freed. Um, they just came to love their masters, and the children were were friends. It was a huge family, and the and the slaves said, we, "We don't want to leave you. We don't want to be set free. We want to be bond slaves. That is, we want to bond ourselves to you of our own free will. We want to serve you out of our own free will, and that's why the apostle Paul." calls himself a bond slave in scripture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a slave of Christ by his own free will. And when that happened, the family took on the name, the slaves took on the name of the family they served. So if the family's names was Smith, that doesn't sound very Jewish, but let's say it was Smith, then they tacked the suffix, meaning belonging to, onto the name of Smith. I-A-N is the suffix uh, which means belonging to. So they became Smithians, for example, um, um, or any other name you want to um, think about. Um, they tacked I-A-N. And so the Jews who did not believe mocked the Jews who believed in this Christ. And they tacked I-A-N on to the word Christ which isn't a name, it's a title. It means redeemer, anointed one. And they called them, they said, you follow this way, this, this man that you claim to be the Messiah. You are Christians. You are Christians. And the, and the Jews who believed in him, they liked it. We're his slaves, you got it. We're bond slaves of our own free will. We're Christians, you're very right. And it became uh, pronounced as Christians. And so Acts says they were first called Christians at Antioch. And we who follow him, the Jewish Messiah, 
are Christians today. And if you are Catholic, you are following the Jewish Messiah. And if you are Protestant, you, I believe, you believe you are following the Jewish Messiah, but you are outside the church that he established. Because the church he established has a liturgy, has a hierarchy, just as Israel of old did. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there are laws, and there are liturgy, and a hierarchical church, just as Israel was, um, had a hierarchy, had a king. Our king is Christ. His vicar on earth is the Pope, um, who rules in his absence. We currently have a Pope that um, um, is, um, I don't know what to say, I, I, I truly believe he's destroying the church, but what he says is not infallible. Um, what he does is not infallible. He is, he is a sinner like we are. He has fallen like we are. His opinions, if they square with church teaching and uh, scripture, that's good. But if they don't, we have no obligation to follow them. The gift of infallibility is given the Pope when he speaks only on f- matters of faith and morals. Um, and at that point, the Holy Spirit, uh, on something of faith and morals that's binding on the faithful to believe. If he binds the faithful to believe it, which this Pope has not done, no matter how he has expressed things, nothing he has done or said has been binding on the faithful. If it were, he would be protected from error. That's the gift of infallibility. It's not that what he speaks is truth. It's that when he speaks ex cathedra out of the chair of Peter on matters of faith and moral, that is, morals that is binding on the faithful, he is prevented from error. And aside from that, which this Pope has not done, very few Popes, very f- few ex cathedra or ex cathedra, either way, statements have been made through 2,000 years. They have been made, but very few. Um... How do you know when our current Holy Father is teaching what is true? Just look, read the catechism. You can read our current catechism, but I would advise you to get the Catechism of Trent and the Catechism Explained, uh, which will teach you the entire faith, the Catechism of Trent, the Catechism Explained, Reverend Sparago. Um, You must know your faith, and it's your vocation, dear ones, to teach that faith to your children. It's not the responsibility of the church or the school. They will be accountable for what they've done and what they've failed to do. But the upbringing of children in the faith is the vocation of parents. If you leave it to anyone else, you have failed in your vocation. And if you have failed all this time, It's time to learn. It's time to learn, dear ones. And it's time to teach it to your children. You can't teach them what you don't know. But you can open the Catechism of Trent, the Catechism Explained, which is Q&A, question and answer, like the Baltimore Catechism, but with great explanations so you don't have to have a teacher with you. Get that book and uh, sit with your family at night. You don't have to know it. Just read it and discuss it with your family. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your reoccurring donations slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we do not have your up-to-date donor information, you could check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a whole half hour to ourselves for your calls, your texts, your emails. Call in toll-free with anything on your heart. one 877 5483 or email at mother at Um Just a note to you about the, because it's coming up close, August uh, 17th, um, the uh, LifeSite News 25th Anniversary Gala. I will be there. And uh, John Henry Western, the people from LifeSite, the people from Station of the Cross, will all be together and meet you all. It would just be so, so wonderful. Jim Caviezel, who played Christ in The Passion of the Christ, is the keynote speaker. Um, Father James Altner will be there. Um, oh, I, I can't think of offhand um many 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 people and it, i don't know how many people they've invited they they have a, a huge place in naples florida and as many seats as they can fit and they still have some left it's getting pretty narrow but they still have some left so if you'd like it'll be a full evening of cocktails hors d'oeuvres dinner and then a speaker panel um and the tickets uh, can be gotten at gala25.lifesitenews.com. That's gala, G-A-L-A, 25.lifesitenews.com. 
LifeSite News, one word, dot com. And um, if you come, do say hello. I would love, I would love to see you. Um, James, dear one, are you there? I am here. How are you, Mother? Uh, oh, I'm fine, dear one. Um, we'll go to our calls and emails. Okay, sounds good. So today I wanted to start with an email, and this is an anonymous email, but I, it kind of pertains to what we've been talking about on the show this week. So anonymous says, hello, Mother Miriam. I listen to your show sometimes. I was listening this week when you spoke about venial sins. I think you said that if you have unforgiven venial sins, you won't go to heaven. I believe you said the venial sins had to be forgiven in order for you to go to heaven. I'm writing this because I don't think that's true. In the catechism, it says venial sin does not deprive the sinner of sanctifying grace, friendship with God, charity, and consequently eternal happiness. I have been a Catholic all my life, and the way I understood sin is that you go to hell with an unforgiven mortal sin. With an unforgiven venial sin, the soul goes to purgatory. The soul will go to purgatory with forgiven mortal or venial sins unless the person has made up for the punishment due to sin. I'm only sending this email because I think it's important for you and your listeners to know this. Well, it is important, and you're you're 100% right. And I... If I said that we go to hell with unforgiven venial sin, then I was wrong. I don't recall saying it because I don't believe that, but if you heard it, I, I guess we can go back in that program and verify it, but, but then I was wrong. No, no, no. Um, we go to hell uh, for unforgiven mortal sin. You're absolutely right. Venial, venial sin, forgiven or unforgiven, does not send somebody to hell. Um, uh, purgatory um, is for those who um, have not expiated the temporal effects of their sins. So, um, again, venial sin, I mentioned uh, um, this week that your venial sins can be forgiven at Mass in the morning. Anytime, any Sunday you go to Mass and we say the act of contrition together, and the priest absolves you totally at Mass. And so that's a very great gift that we could bring our sins before God at that moment and they'll be forgiven. Um, but you're right. No, venial sin does not separate us from the love or the grace of God. Um, and um, you, would still, you would still go to heaven, but yes, by way of purgatory. Even if all your venial sins are forgiven... Uh, you will still go to purgatory if the ec temporal expiration for them is not forgiven. All right, so I've given the example before of, of little Johnny playing in the neighbor's yard when his mother told him not to, and he played baseball with a friend, and the ball went through the window. That's not a mortal sin. Uh, it's a venial sin. Um, and he disobeyed his parents, which is... Um, I don't know how mortal that is, but let's just say the whole thing is venial. And Mrs. Smith, whose window he broke, forgives him, and he goes home to his mother, and he says, Mom, I, I broke, I, I shouldn't have been playing Mrs. Smith's yard, but I was, and the baseball went through her window, and I'm so sorry, and I told her I was sorry, and she forgave me, Mom, okay? And, and if you're a good mom, you'll say, good that you apologized to Mrs. Smith. But it's not okay to leave it there 
because little Johnny needs to mow the lawn or, or do a number of errands until he earns the money to pay back Mrs. Smith for the window. And if, if that is not given Johnny, he will never understand how his choices in life, for good or for ill, affect everyone else. So if Johnny, if mom says, you're going to mow the lawn for the next two months, you're going to take out the guard, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and you'll earn the money to pay Mrs. Smith back the window. Um, now, little Johnny may not be able to earn the full money for that window, and mom may contribute to it, but at least he's getting the lesson that he needs to repair, make reparation for his the damage that his sin has caused. Now, if he does it, and it's completely expiated for on earth, Johnny honors that, and every penny of the window is paid back, if that were his only sin, he would die and go straight to heaven. But if he has gotten out of that penalty, that penance, that reparation assignment, and he, instead of mowing the lawn once a week, he mows it once every two, three weeks, uh, he slackens off on taking the garbage out, all of that, he will go to purgatory, not because he's not forgiven, but because he has not fulfilled his obligation for the temporal reparation of sin. And he will go to purgatory uh, to make up for whatever his slack was in uh, taking care of that penance. So um, whoever wrote this, it's anonymous. I really appreciate your writing it. You're 100% right. And... Um, Again, I don't remember saying that, but I can't tell you I didn't uh, if you heard it. So uh, sometimes, you know, people hear things and they, uh, they have written in that I said so-and-so. And when we go back to the actual program, we find out I didn't say it. But I don't have that confidence now. I could have said it, and I would have been wrong if I did. Thanks for that clarification, Mother. Um, so we'll move on to a text from another person who writes in anonymously, and I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this or not, but we'll send it through anyway. So this person asks, I have a St. Benedict medal above my front doorway of my house. Do you know of any website that sells Benedictine metal door hangers for hanging on a bedroom doorknob? Wow. I do not. You were right, James. I do not know that, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were. I would just search out Benedictine books, gifts, those kinds of things. Just put in Benedictine items, and you, if you're on the Internet, um, then... Um, somehow I, I would I would wager that it would I may not wager but I I, I would think that there'd be something like a door hanger um, of course if not you can get a, a big picture of some sort and just cut out a little doorknob from it and have you make your homemade door, door hanger okay Okay, so next we have a text from Patty and Patty has two questions so she says good afternoon and God bless you mother I have Thank two you, questions. Patty. So first, Patty asks, is it sinful to say, in quotes, oh my God? Patty, um, it's sinful, yes, because you're taking God's name in vain if you're using it as an expression. If you say, 
oh my, oh my God. However, the James said it well. Um, if you're just using it as an exclamation, that's sinful because you're taking God's name in vain. If you really mean the words, then your expression is going to be different. And you would think twice about saying it to, to see if you want to talk to God that way. Um, I don't think anyone would say, oh my God, really praying to God directly. That um, it's, it's just an expression, an exclamation, and I would say that it would at least border on sin. Is there a second question, James? Yes, Patty's second question is, is the Saturday night vigil for Sunday Mass valid? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is valid. It, it's come from the Jewish calendar where the Jewish day starts at sundown the day before and the Jewish day runs sundown to sundown. And that's how the Catholic Church got the vigil that sundown uh, could be a mass for Sunday. If it's too early in the day, it, it would not be valid. But if, um, if it's um, a vigil mass, yes, I think it's valid. I know it's valid. Okay, and Patty says thank you, by the way, Mother. Thanks. Uh, Next, we have a text from Peter, and it's a short one, but an important one. So Peter says, I am 30 years old and have a wife and three young children. How can I best grow in humility through my vocation? Oh, how fantastic, Peter. How fantastic. Follow our Lord. Just follow our Lord. You know the expression, WWJD, what would Jesus do? He would lay down his life for your wife. Um, He would um, give the example in teaching your children that you want them to learn, not to hear, but to learn, to model after. Um, You know, um, we have uh, oblates in the Benedictine um, uh, order here. And um, if any of you oblates are listening, I'll have to apologize many, many times to you because it's been quite a while since we sent out an oblate letter. But those who are oblates, um, we have all our letters on our website, motherofisraelshope.org. There's a, uh, a um, what I want to say, a tab that you can click on for Mary's Oblates. That's what we're called them, Mary's Oblates, because we're daughters of Mary. But you could be men or women or families or singles or married. It won't matter. You can be an Oblate. There's no requirement except that you wish to be an Oblate. There's a form on that on that uh, website that you can print out and send in to us. We have a commentary for Benedictine, uh, it's a commentary, it's the rule of St. Benedict, but instead for religious, it's for uh, people in the world, Benedictine commentary. So um, um, uh, it's, it's $20, it's not $20, it's 35 but we, get it, we got a discount and we're passing that on to you. So um, you can purchase that and we send along with it a blessed Benedictine medal. And um, uh, you can all see the the uh, letters to date that we have on that website, motherofisraelshope.org, under Mary's Oblates. Now, the reason I mention it is because the rule of St. Benedict um, has um, the steps to humility, 12 of them. And if you get a hold of them, uh, Peter, you can even look on the website 
on the internet and just put um, Benedictine rules of humility and I bet it'll come up for you. And then you can see what those rules are. So two things for you. There's the Benedictine 12 Steps of Humility, and then there is the Litany of Humility that you could also get online. The Litany of Humility, that's not Benedictine, it's simply Catholic, and then specific Benedictine uh, Steps to Humility, which really are for the whole world. So if you read those things and practice them, take one a week to practice if you wish, you will um, you will definitely grow in humility in your vocation as a husband and a father. God bless you, dear ones. There's the music for our final break. We'll be back after the break and I'll be able to take your calls, your texts, your emails. Uh, you'll have a, at least 10 minutes if you wish to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Can you really say you know what praying the rosary is all about? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, listen to the who's who of the rosary. We have the Blessed Trinity. We have the Angel Gabriel. We have the Virgin Mary. We have John the Baptist. And we have Elizabeth. So how's that for a cast of sacred ones? Secondly, reflection. While saying the rosary, we reflect on 20 primary and sacred moments that occur in the lives of the Holy Family. And thirdly, the rosary dynamics. Here's how you involve this cast of holy ones in praying the rosary. You first invoke the three persons of the Blessed Trinity. Then, on to praying the Apostles' Creed. Then you will pray in Our Father. Then you will recite the Angel Gabriel's words to Mary. Then you'll recite what Mary said to Elizabeth. And then you will relive John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Then you will ask for Mary's assistance in your life. And I'm so glad to say none of that is idolatry. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. It just really connected me to my faith. I always considered myself 100% Catholic, but didn't really realize that I wasn't fully practicing my faith, so I learned so much through the Station of the Cross and began just getting deeper in my prayers and feeling just so much closer to God and so well-versed in learning more about the Bible and more about what actually it means to be Catholic. So it became very, very important to me, and I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it. I make it a regular practice of donating every time they have their their fundraising and just love it and wouldn't want it to ever go away. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, and I have a wonderful announcement for you. LifeSite News is celebrating its 25th anniversary with a gala in Naples, Florida on August 17th. Join me, LifeSite Editor-in-Chief John Henry Weston, Father James Altman, and other VIP guests, including keynote speaker Jim Cavizio, as we celebrate LifeSite's accomplishments defending life and promoting faith, family, and freedom for a quarter of a century. Your Mission includes a cocktail and hors d'oeuvres hour, a lovely dinner, and an evening of elegance, celebration, inspiration, and gratitude. Tickets are limited, so be sure to visit gala25.lifesightnews.com to buy your ticket today. 
Again, that's gala25.lifesitenews.com. I hope to meet many of you there. God bless you. A prayer to the Sacred Heart that St. Gertrude the Great wrote. I salute thee, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is inflamed. Pour into my heart the great graces of which thine is the source and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine, that thy will may be mine, and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine, since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, and we have about 10 minutes uh, for your calls, your texts, your emails, and um, we will um, uh, be thrilled. To t- <laughs> I got distracted. We'll be thrilled to hear from you. One eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Okay, so we do have a caller. This is Luke in New York, and I believe Luke has a question for you, mother. So, Luke, welcome to the program. Hi, Luke. Hi. Hi, Mother. How are you? I'm just great. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. Good, um, sweetheart. I don't, I don't know how to make the question really short. Um, basically, <clears throat> I don't know what God really wants me to do with my wife. Do you know what I mean? And I pray to God to say, you know, what is my vocation, what do you want me to do, you know, and I can't believe, but the thing is, I'm going to be 55 in a couple of months, and I don't think that my job is what he wants me to do. I think he wants me to do something else, but I never, I don't know, I, I, I can never see signs or, you know, answers. We've been having a, a sound glitch for a couple of days in a row. I'm so sorry about that, but we're back. Luke, dear one, are you still on the line? Yes. I'm so sorry about that, and thanks for hanging on. I have no idea okay. what happened. But Luke, um, you're 55. What is your job? I work at a hospital, and I work oh. with nurses okay. and patients. Great. Great, and you enjoy caring for people, huh? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say that I love my job. Let's put it that way. Okay, I mean, I then. do, I do, I, I do enjoy caring for people. I love that. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, 
I don't get up every, every day. I, I get up. I, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to go to work. No, I, I don't, don't want to go to work. I do you know what I mean? Sweet. Yeah, I do know what you mean. Um, you're single, right, Luke? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let me ask you uh, a question. Um, if God said, Luke, if you could do anything in the world, anything in the world, oh, forget my... No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. And, and let me just say, if the question said you can do anything your heart wants, and don't worry about money, money's not an issue, don't worry about education or skill, don't worry about... Uh, what you think God may or may not want you to do. Don't worry about anything. Just put everything out of your mind. And you could say, well, Lord, if money wasn't a matter and location wasn't a matter and skill or ability or education wasn't a matter, there's something I really would love to do in my heart, but I can't imagine it would be okay. What would that be? What do you love? Forget money, forget Uh. career, forget everything. What is it art. that your heart loves? Art. You love art? Yeah. Okay, now do you love looking at art, painting, drawing? Yeah, like, uh, well, I don't, I don't, I've never tried to paint. I mean, just like buying art and, you know, mm-hmm. reading about art, reading about art and. Okay. I well, when I went to college, I got a degree in art. Maybe became like a professor or something like that, or who knows? I mean, I don't even know if I'm be good at that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's several well, different things like that that I like, but I just feel like you know, fifty. I only want to. No, I know. Forget your age. Look, Moses was eighty. Forget, forget your age. Yeah. Um, I just want to know what your heart loves. So art is good. Is there anything else that comes to mind? Like. Architecture, like being an architect. Uh, okay, it's all the same family. Very good. Yeah, Very it's good. all yeah, right. It's all in the city, all in that area. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, are you? Um, hmm. Would you be able financially, or or to save up money and and go to school to become an architect? Um. I don't know. I'm, I mean, uh-huh. I haven't been to school. I, I haven't been to school in so long. Me too. And I don't know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't know. You know how much it would cost, or, or if I would or get anything, anything like right, right. I have to look. I have to look into it. I don't make a lot of money. You know what I mean? Right, I right. Know. I I got you. Not at that hospital job. Well, you know, no. Luke. Um, I tell you what, something that I I uh, caught on to a number of years ago, when a you know if you picture a semi truck, a big trailer, if it's parked and standing still, you can't budge it, but if it's moving, you can steer it with your pinky, and so um, I would suggest, dear dear brother, um, that you just begin to do something, keep your job, and then um, I would, there's a couple of things, because you you work in a hospital, you don't look forward to your job, but you you like people, you like helping them. 
I would look into a um, a home, an orphanage, a home for children. They could even be handicapped. And um, go in there and bring them coloring books and help them to draw and help them to fill in color and help them to discover the beauty of God's world with art. Very, very simple. And you'll be giving your life away to those who would never have such love and see such beauty. And then at the same time, make a couple of calls to see if there's an architect course that you could begin to take without going through college or anything. Just start. Start that and let God lead you. Let him lead you. You don't have to know what he has for you. Just follow your heart. Keep your job so you could eat um, and see what you could do uh, to help others in the way of art. And God will not forsake you. He will lead you. I'm sorry. There's the end of our program, dear one. Um, call in again next week if you wish, Luke. And everyone have a beautiful weekend. We'll speak with you next week.